0: and insightful in any way, shape, or form, and I thank you very much for listening. Now let's get started! Okay, so welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast Self-Evolution Regardless, and as you know, it's been a while since I've been thinking about this topic, and it's hard already for me to say it, but about the gaslighting oneself and what I mentioned in the episode, Confessions. And I'm not making anything up, obviously. I'm mentioning things that happened before as they are, or at least as, like, vivid as my memory can get them. But it gets to the point where I'm just second-guessing myself and I'm thinking in terms of, like, what if all of what I said is bullcrap, you know? What if all of, all of what I mentioned and all that I talked about is non-existent? like the terms and the and the concepts of like triangulation, gaslighting, manipulation, go tripping, smear campaigning, mobbing, triangulation, if I mentioned that. All the flying monkeys, the golden children, the scapegoating, the lost child enabler. What about, what if? I don't know, man. As far as everything, like, fact-wise, I thought, or at least I keep thinking to my mind that I'm telling things as they are, you know? This is part of my memory. I didn't make anything up. These are just facts. These are what happened to me. And I'm sharing this with you because maybe someone out there has these kind of stories and they never really got the chance to find anyone believing them when they talk about it. Especially when people out there that are biased, that are just always going to, for some reason, you know, just be against you. Even without any reason in particular, really. So, really, just wanna, you know, just vent, I guess, if you can call it. Maybe just for someone to listen to you, even if it were 10 miles away. I mean, I can't have my closest friends suffer because of what I have to tell them day in and day out of how shit is going because I'm still in this mess. You know, one of the biggest plans that I have is to freaking leave, just get out of this mess and drama and chaos and just go no contact, away, like 10,000 miles away from them just to leave me alone with all the secrets, with all the weapons, with all the triggering, with all the competition going on and the sabotage and then the... Ignorance and and just minimization. Oh, there's all of that going on. It's been constant, really. It's been a constant thing that has been happening for years. It's not something that you can uh, instantly determine or know what it is from like the very beginning, you know. I took a very long time with. So much panic inside and so much anxiety to try and diagnose what's wrong with my family and my, me and everything going on. What really caught my attention is just by curiosity, like what are toxic relationships? What are what are the red flags that you should look for if you're feeling like you're in a toxic relationship but you're not sure? And for the longest time in my adolescence, I really started to really, like, you know, casually research about it. But, like, in college years, with, like, the the subject critical theories, man, that subject, man, that was, I mean, I am really grateful for the college years that I had, despite all the shit that went there as well. You know, we all have ups and downs and whatnot, but... Um, the teachers, the the subjects, the materials, everything is just so fucking awesome. What taught me the most about critical thinking and just analysis and all is critical theories. Subject. And the psychoanalytical, uh, interpretation of things. And that's what I, that's where I was really keen to look further more into narcissism and to find out more about it. To just jump into the rabbit hole and dive in and discover more and more uh, creepy stuff. It's really sick and twisted and like a very uncomfortable ride to even look for the information and to know what It's doing to people and how people treat each other because of it. And the most shocking thing is when I found out that my family was basically pseudo mutualistic In a lot of ways. And with all the twists and turns and, and the being nice and kind to you and then the flipping over the switch to becoming terrible and totally lacking of empathy towards you and then one day they breadcrumb you with all this kind courteous gestures and then flip the switch to triangulate you with e- with, with with your siblings and each other is just so fucking mad it's crazy and it's chaotic and it's caused me a lot of stress every single day. PTSD. And as, uh, comparing to the beginning of, like, really, really diving into what's going on, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm progressing a little, but it's been better than the very beginning of, like, truly, like, diving in you know, now that I know quite more, I'm still ignorant, even though I really, I still feel like I'm stupid and I don't know much, and I still have so much to discover and so much time in my hand that I really want to use that time to discover more and to dive more into this deep rabbit hole. I still feel like there's so much more to discover and so much more to to find out about, despite the fact that it's horrifying, absolutely uncomfortable. But it is worth it, you know? And I encourage you to do the same. If you find yourself in a toxic family, kind of, type of shit situation, where it's been eating you up for years and you never really had the chance to talk, and it's been causing, like, I think I relate my fluctuating grades to this happening all the time, and I never really thought about it. I never really thought that it could actually affect my confidence and my studying habits and my grades so much. I often thought it was me, you know, it was me. The problem was with me. I could not concentrate. I could not do well, but it all comes back, you know, To the source of the problem, which is the environment that you're in, you know, it really has a huge effect on how you perform, even on a daily basis. Why am I gaslighting myself is because of the twists and turns and flip arounds and just unpredictable moves they give to you and the uncomfortable, absolutely gut-turning ride. That just make me want to throw up every five minutes, you know the roller coaster ride, but it's actually much more intense than that. It's really terrible to be even able to talk about this. I am scared. I really am, but I don't care. at At the same time, I don't really want to look back at this and regret ever speaking up because I'm tired of burying things in. And just participating in their pseudo-mutuality and just acting as though everything is perfect and fine. When when on the inside, the picture is rotting. The picture of Dorian Gray is literally filled with gaps and cracks and tears and color fadings everywhere. If all we ever had to do is just distance ourselves from that picture and just look at it from afar, we'll see how sad it is. For people to try to always, always work hard and fix it. But it's unfixable because with time it gets older and with time it's destroyed. Even when it's fixed, it's destroying itself. You can't do that. You can't make something dying younger. What caused all of this? I have no idea. Probably... Parents who generally do not educate themselves about raising kids properly, they didn't know any better. Probably they were raised like this themselves and they never really figured out what's going on or why everything is going on like this. Why, and if at any chance, if this is actually the normal way to raise kids at all, maybe they just didn't know any better. Maybe this is all they got but then look at us, you know, look at every one of us. Or you, look at everyone around you, and just conclude. Truth be told, no matter how many lies are there to cover it, masks will fall no matter how beautiful and attractive and charming they may look and seem at the beginning. They will fall, True colors will appear after all those rainbows and those beautiful, colorful designs that are there to trick you and to seduce you into something heavenly when you get closer to it. It's hellish. I remember this one time I had a professor in our class in college and he told us like this uh, tale about the guy who sold his soul to the devil. I really forgot the title of the, tale, the story, I'm sorry, but... It goes like this, so there's a guy who wanted to be uh, in a relationship with hot women, and so what he did was he made a deal with the devil to sell sell his soul to the devil to see beautiful, gorgeous women, and he granted him that. So, trading his life to see beautiful women. So, he granted him these women, they were gorgeous, they were sexy, they were beautiful, Glamorous. Call them whatever you want. And then... um, When he tries to get close to them, they were creepy and scary and demonic-like. Diabolical creatures in seductive, charming uh, dancing and clothes and all these charming things that are just superficial but deep within... The closer you get to them, the more you feel like you're an alien towards them. I don't know why I feel this way about a lot of people. Time reveals a lot of things, man. Don't just assume that person is good or bad from the very first glance. Be careful of how they might switch the flip one day or just lash out on you. After all that time they worked so hard to charm you, that might not even be their own nature. You know, what they did at first was just a way for them to allow you to enter their life. But once you're in, it's a spinning, cortex wheel, storm, call it whatever you want. It's not a stable place anymore. It's terrifying and stressful and unpredictable at times that... You're patient and patient and trying hard and harder and harder to fix it or even make it stable again. But it's not working anymore because your efforts are long gone. And when you're trying to change that person, it doesn't seem to be as easy anymore. Because changing the person themselves comes from their own initiative. Their own action, their own self-awareness to even be able to change. These people are not self-aware. They don't care. They do not care. They just simply go by and just after people. They see themselves just as they were ruined in their childhood. Everything starts from childhood, by the way. It's the epicenter of every single thing, every single growing human being. Everything starts from childhood. The personality development, the tendencies, the likes, the dislikes, the theories, everything. And when that is ruined, they will go look after people to seek revenge, to fill that gap that is never really fillable, to feel good about themselves, but they never really do because they're always starving for more. They're sinful. They sin. They're always hungry and greedy and always want more. This goes for narcissists as well, and psychopaths and sociopaths, and furthermore, with the personality disorders, especially on the cluster B. But the personalities that are ruined from childhood, they think that revenge, whatever it is they're doing to innocent people who are absolutely unworthy of such kind of treatment and abuse They're after them because they think that being after them will actually make them feel a lot better about how they were once treated. You know, it's like trying to remedy what happened to them in their childhood, but failing every time and looking for more resources and looking for more people and always being hungry for more results. And just always ending up in vain. And narcissists don't kill necessarily, but they're emotionally destructive to be around. And vampire-like. I remember when I recorded that episode. Narcs, aka Vampire uh, Energy Suckers. I don't know, I forgot the title. (laughs) But it goes something like that. If you want to go listen to that one. And yeah, your presence just seems some sort of a threat, especially if you're someone who distinguishes themselves and look for information and critically think and analyze things and always, always look for the truth no matter how deadly it is and how lonely it will feel if you look for that truth by yourself. Because eventually, the narcissist loves to do is they love to have a group of audience with them and leave you on your own fight for, the, for on your own this battle by yourself having no one around you having no one supports you you're there just by yourself and with them having the biggest crowd behind them there's no chance you're gonna win this war so you might as well stop this game from existing in the first place and just leave them alone. So that there is no game to play and that's how you win. Right? You quit. You leave. You say, fuck it. I'm fucking out of here. And you put your foot on the ground and you, s- you step on it really hard and you're just determined. Okay? So you leave. And you, can, and you never look back again. And that's how strong you become, and that's how you help others get out of that pit as well. Alright? That's it. I think I am. Maybe today's episode has no context whatsoever, but I just wanted to let this out, and I'll see you in the next episode so folks that's a wrap for this episode and as you can guess this is my goodbye speech <laughs> uh just kidding i hope you found this episode enlightening to some degree you can always like comment favorite share and even subscribe to this podcast here on anchor fm or any other platform or where you'll find my podcast available Like Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Acast, Radio Public, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. And recently, I've added my podcast in TuneIn as well as Red Circle. That's where you'll find my podcast also available. I'd also appreciate your support for a very small monthly fee. If you have any topic suggestions, questions, some feedback you'd like to share, don't hesitate to send me a brief voice message and I'll take care of that. So to conclude, this was self-evolution regardless. I'm your host, Maram, and I will see you in the next episode.